welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I am your host, Joe. Yes, yes you are. We're here today to talk about episode 707, entitled, this is probably my favorite title of yeah. any episode ever, A Practical Guide for Time Travelers. It's very clever. It's a great, it's a great title. Written by Margot Yee and directed by Joss someone. I don't know the last name. Oh. Okay. What did you think of the direction in this? Um, I don't know. I didn't really give it much thought. Which is maybe a good thing, right? Which is, if you yeah, don't exactly. Notice... That, that's, that's a good thing. I always say um, in editing, mm -hmm. you the, the sign of a good edit is mm -hmm. that you do not see it or unless, notice that it's there. Yeah, unless it's something like... I remember the first time I ever thought editing was cool was that movie Out of Sight with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, and the editing in that movie was incredible. Well, sometimes it's made... It's like you're, a style. You're, yeah, sometimes it's stylistic, like, you know, in Guy Ritchie movies and things like that. Right. But most of the time, if you don't see, if you don't notice the editing in something, that means the editor has done his job or her job. Yes. So, for example, whenever Matthew B. Roberts directs an episode of Outlander, it's always right. lots of weird drone shots when not necessary, usually going the wrong way. <laughs> yes. So I didn't notice, and that's a good thing. Right. So this episode starts, and we are outside of Saratoga in New York. Mm -hmm. And we hear Clara's voiceover as she writes a letter to Brie. It says, Dear Brie. And it's a really nice way, I think, to keep the voiceover, her voiceover, throughout the show. Yeah. Through the letters. Yeah, it sort of transitioned to this. Yeah, like we talked about, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, where it's sort of like they, they've, they've sort of picked this up as a storytelling device. Mm -hmm. like... And a lot of timestamps in this episode. Mm -hmm. So when Clara is writing to Brie... In Saratoga, or just outside of Saratoga, it's 1777. Which is important. It is important. And then it transitions very nicely, good direction, to Brie reading the letter. And she's interrupted by Roger calling her. So we mm -hmm. learn that when Roger ran into Buck McKenzie, Brie was just upstairs reading a letter from Claire, and he's hollering her name. Brie! Yeah, she comes down and he introduces, she says, who is this? She knows right away something's happened. And he says, allow me to introduce you to William Buckley Mackenzie. And I think this would have been a great finish to the last episode, right? Yes, I agree. Like this would have been exactly the way you would have wanted to end the last episode. Just for us show watchers. Yeah. Like just for us. Yeah, totally. Uh, or, or whatever. Had Brie run out, you know, and when they're scuffling, you know, or or or, or something. Yeah, like, yeah. If she was like, "What's happening? This is this is Buck McKenzie. It's the guy that I hanged me." Like, anything. yeah. Anyways, now that being said, you and I. Well, I don't think you were upset about the recasting. I was quite upset about the recasting. And now that this Buck McKenzie has had an entire episode, I am here to say that I love this actor. Yeah, I like New Buck. The recasting of Buck made complete and total sense. I was only ever disappointed with um, the introduction. Same. Yeah. And this guy, like, I really like him. Yeah. So he talks about his time travel experience, and we learn that much like Claire, his was accidental. He was at the Stones of Craig Nadoon. He says, he looks at them and says, I'm thinking the two of you know it. He heard buzzing, and he fell through. Yeah. He found his way to the town. 
I love how he describes cars. He calls them great road carriages going by me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we learn that, like, how did he come to hover around Lollybrock? He actually saw Roger a few weeks ago, like, in Inverness going into a shop. Right. So he just stalked him, right? Thinking, this guy probably hates me, but he <laughs> he also, he was in my time and now right. he's here. Yeah, so he would possibly know. But I like when... Roger was like, why didn't you just yeah. knock on my door? He's like, well, I did I did have you hanged. So I thought yeah, maybe I you thought weren't really excited to see me. Mad about you know, it. Plus you have, you know, he's like, you travel through time. So you might have weird witch magic. And I didn't really know, like, like he was, like, I feel like uh, justified in his yeah, hesitance. But also, I mean, if I'm Buck, I love this stuff. This is what I love about the show, this time travel stuff. Who... I don't know that I would have seen Roger and been like, oh, that's the same guy I had hanged. I might think he's like a descendant. Kind of like when Claire ran into Jack Randall and was like, Frank? Like, people look alike, right? If I went back in time and saw you walking around, I wouldn't walk up to you and be like, Joe? Let's do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So then we go back to the British Army in Stillwater. So, sorry, we're back in 1777. We're now with the British Army. We're in Stillwater. And we're with William and Sandy Hammond, played by Henry Ashton. I talked about this guy in the last episode. You called it. You called that he would be in this one. Remember I said? I knew it. What a wonderful little scene for that wonderful actor. And you said, no, he had too much screen time and he was with Claire. There had to be a reason why why they showed him yeah and as soon as i saw this scene i knew exactly what it was because he's so likable he's excited about the yeah. champagne that they're right. getting and what did i say you said uh well and plus he's buddies with william right. and they have really good rapport the two of them totally. so as soon as i saw this scene what did i tell you you said totally gonna die <laughs> totally gonna die that's right um especially because he was you know, being all coy with the apples. I would never waste an apple on a horse. And then William walks away. And what do we see him do? Feed the horse. That's when you said he's totally going to die. Totally he gonna fed die. the horse the That's apple. Right. And you looked at me and you're like, totally going to die. And they were trying real, real hard in this guy's like two and a half scenes to get you very invested in him. Well, it worked for me. It worked it, for me too. I he mean, was a good actor. They yeah. got you immediately invested with this actor. And that means he's going to die. No, it's like every episode we're going to give you someone to love right. and then kill them. Well, it made complete and total sense. Like it had to, it was, it was for whatever we're jumping ahead now, but it was so that it was, it was for William's character development. It was. Okay. Then back in 1980 or potentially 1981 at this point, it's, we're not sure. I mean, we did a little research, so <laughs> we're pretty sure Okay, so it's 1981, um, and it shows Nubuck eating peanut butter and jam sandwiches. Um, Nubuck is like fake leather, right? What is Nubuck? I've heard that before. Oh, I don't know. Isn't that like, like, like a fake leather? Oh, I don't know. They make like car seats out, or no? Like, I think Nubuck is like suede. Oh, okay. Anyway, this guy's wearing a lot of suede. It looks yeah, like suede buck. Anyway. So in this scene, I turned to you and I said, "He doesn't look that different than Graham McTavish. He looks like he could be related to him, which is good because he's playing his son." Yeah. And uh, this is in the scene where Roger explains to him that they are family, and then Roger goes running up and looks at the family tree, and he sees that Buck Mackenzie dies in seventeen seventy eight. Yeah, so... And, and then he goes back down 
And he said, what year did you leave? And Buck says, in the year of our Lord, 1778. You were confused by this. You're like, well, why isn't Roger telling him? Yeah, I didn't really, I, 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 I wasn't paying attention when I, when he Looked was at looking at the, the family tree. I, I didn't, I missed that the whole like date of death thing. And then, but this is what I found bizarrely convoluted. Maybe there's a reason for it, but you pointed out mm -hmm. because I wasn't paying attention to the timestamps well enough, you know, that. Jamie and Claire are in 1777, mm -hmm. and Newbuck is coming from Seven. 1778. Yeah. So he's actually farther. It's it's like bizarre because he's now he's like a year ahead, or like who knows what month it is, but like could be months ahead. But whatever, like he's basically ahead oh. in time than where Claire and than Jamie are. Claire right and now. Jamie, right? So that's bizarre um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's bizarre, you know, if we're talking about like the whatever the magic of time travel but also bizarre like it just seems unnecessarily convoluted that we that they would make buck one year later than jamie and claire like i don't know if there's a reason for that i don't know either he's ahead of them i can't imagine necessarily what that would be maybe there's a reason like there'll be some revelation that he know i don't know why they would do that like that just seems so weird that they would that they would make them a year apart i think so too like, yeah like I don't know. Maybe there's a reason for it. I'm I'm intrigued to see if it's so. He already knows things that the characters Jamie and Claire and William don't know, because he's lived through an extra year. Yeah, I mean he's also in like deep Scotland, so he might not know any of it, right? It's not like there's CNN or well, BBC. Well, he says he's right? been like... to America, right? Because he's like, do you have anything? stronger and she gives him whiskey and she said do you want water with it and he's like well if i was drinking it in america i wouldn't want water with it he's no he did when say he something hanged, about going to north carolina no or... when he hanged roger he was in america because roger met his wife morag on the, on the ship boat. to america and helped her right so yeah. they were all in america right yes so then he fell through the stones and arrived in Craigna Doom, the place that claire first fell i feel like he had like this convoluted explanation obviously neither a, of us paid attention to it with a very it. strong scottish accent. yeah with a very strong scottish accent so i kind of missed something there right okay and so then bob cameron arrives yeah unexpectedly evil bob smiling this this is an excellent excellent actor yeah, he's a good actor and i figured out why i immediately I've always thought this guy was evil. Of mm -hmm. course, we see him, the first time we see him, he's a big-ass dick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a good start. But I always wondered why. I'm like, why do I associate this guy with being a bad guy immediately? Mm -hmm. And it's because, because we were looking up something else, and I realized that he actually plays a bad guy <gasps> on The Witcher. No. With Henry Cavill, which is a show I really enjoy. But he looks very different. He has long hair, and he's got, like, a big, like, scar on half of his face. So Oh, I'd like he, to see that. Yeah, he's not at all recognizable as like slimy, handsome Bob Cameron. Because he he's, is sort of like cherry pie. Yeah, he he's a he's, yeah, he's kind of like Cameron. clean yeah. shaven. Yeah, and this he's like a evil, like murdering wizard dude. Like so very. That's why evil. you're like I get a bad feeling yeah. from this guy. Well, I really like him, and I find him charming, and he's a very good actor. And when if it was just Richard Rankin and him interacting it would they would just shine but we've also got sophie skelton sitting at the table muttering her lines and she has she has started muttering again did you notice that she has stopped 
she has stopped moving her lips when she's acting. She's acting hard, and she has stopped. I mean, there is some them. hard, there's some hard acting. Okay, we'll get to coming that up to that hard acting. I don't know that anyone was actually hard, but there was some acting. <laughs> so, as usual, Bob Cameron is overstaying his welcome. They all they want, you know, they've got Buck hiding. They've got their two kids who they're trying to protect. All they want is for him to leave, yeah. and they think, you know, they're this close. And he says, "Do you know what would be perfection right now?" Just another wee drum, yeah? And it's funny because in this scene, Roger and Brie are like very typical husband and wife. Like, did you notice the looks they were giving each other? Like, Roger's like, let's get going here. Like, yeah. No, that was like me at every engagement we've ever, like, never have I um, bonded more with a character on this show than Roger wanting. Uh, weird Bob to leave his yeah. house when he's like pacing in the kitchen, yeah. scratching the back of his head, yeah. looking at Brie. Like wrap yeah. it up. Uh, we also uh, we forgot to mention. I actually really love the part where they just like shoved New Buck into a closet. <laughs> um, I know. Like it was very. It was actually. It almost felt like sitcommy. It did. You didn't know. It? And I was like, they gave a, him some sandwiches, right? And like a stack of sandwiches, and shoved him in the closet, and he just like slumped down against the in the the root cellar or whatever it was and i wondered if they were going to like it i mean it's not really that kind of show but they could have actually made it a little bit funny they've yeah. never i don't know that outliner has ever been funny even a little bit when i think about it but like it could have been kind of funny like with buck like you know like people peeking his head around the corner and you know roger trying to i think i think the guy that plays buck and richard rankin could have played funny together they I, could be in a buddy comedy i really think new buck could have played could have made it work yeah i think yeah. so too i think so too like i i am where again skipping ahead to the end of this episode like where i feel like this is going mm -hmm. i am all for it oh me too do you know where it's going? I don't, but I, I mean, I think I, I have, have an idea. I have a, I have predictions as well. We'll okay. get to that. Let's okay. do predictions at the end. Oh, since we're both, since we're both, it's a guessing game. All right. You know, Jamie and Claire are barely in this episode, but we do go to, because there's so many characters and I mean, one of the main shifts, I don't know if you felt it, but like Brie and Roger are really a focus and actually most of the action is happening with them because all of the 1770 stuff like we already know what like it's action well, that we know but even most of the war stuff has now shifted to William, William I know which I love I know because the William story is so much better than the Claire and Jamie bullshit story I know because it, it makes sense he he would be there he would be there right, right? <laughs> like like it, yeah it's 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 such a better angle on the story than yeah. like everything about the Claire and Jamie portion of the story is just stupid. Like it's nonsensical. They shouldn't be there. I There's know. no logical reason for them to be there. You, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's story for the, they could be safe in Scotland. They could be absolutely instead of dead on There's a battlefield. There's no justifiable reason why the King We've of knitting is there anyway. But, <laughs> but, um, but William, it makes sense. Like, this is part of, of what is driving him, right? So, yeah. like, that's why it's good that they're focusing on that more. I agree. We did see Ian for a hot two in this episode, and he looked badass. He looked so cool, yeah. hey? Okay, so Jamie is wearing his new cool coat. You said it's his worst coat ever. Worst coat ever. Yeah. He gives Claire... Go ahead. Uh, he's had a lot of good coats. I know. That's you've awesome. loved a lot of his yeah. coats. He gives Claire a book and she can't read it. He's laughing about how she needs spectacles. This is a really sweet scene. They're growing old together. Mm-hmm. No, it's... it's uh, 
it is this is their storyline now though they're like secondary grandparents <laughs> yep and then we go back to William and General Fraser is there. This guy was in the last episode too. And you noted, and I can't believe I mm, missed this, mm-hmm. the guy that's playing General Fraser was Robert the Bruce in Braveheart. Yeah, it was from been, 1995. It had been bugging me ever since I saw him when they were in what's Tondaroga? Mm hmm. When, when the, he had that first scene mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. I was like, I know I've seen this dude before. And it wasn't until we saw him in a profile and I saw sort of the shape of his nose. That including because he looks, if you've seen Braveheart, and a lot of people have, he looks obviously so wildly different. different. He looks older and, I mean, quite a bit heavier, which may have been, they may have asked him to put on weight for the role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he looks quite a bit different, but he's an excellent actor. Like I loved so him good. in Braveheart. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen him in anything since, but he's really good in this. He's so good. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't. When you when you said it, I was like, I don't think so. And yeah, I usually bang on. Oh with my that god, stuff. Megan is like whip crack with that kind of stuff. I did like, not recognize it, especially him. in that like nineties wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, like, that's oh my, my god, specialty. she's like Wikipedia. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so I was I actually was doubting myself when mm. Megan thought was like, it wasn't. I don't wasn't think him. so. Yeah. So William and General Fraser have a scene where William says that he does not want to be a messenger. He wants to fight on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And Braveheart guy says, okay. Okay. Meanwhile, they finally get Bob Cameron almost out the door in 1981. And then he tells them it was so nice to be around family. And he gives them a little bit of a sob story. He's a recent divorcee. Mm -hmm. He came from no money. His wife was French and had money. So she got their son, his alleged son. Right. And he never sees them. So he's alone. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this scene? I mean, they're, they're, he's a, he's a charismatic shyster for sure. He is. And then he asks if Jemmy can join him and his nephew Bobby to go to the movies tomorrow. Did you find this weird? I didn't find this weird at all. Um, I don't, I, I am immediately distrustful of all things this character does. So I, I also called something earlier when he was in, when Roger left him alone in his study, you did reading his like Gallic song manual, and I was like, <laughs> he's totally gonna steal the letters or something like that. And Megan, I just want to say, Megan tried to like lie to me. Yeah. She's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. think that's what happened. I don't know it's totally happen. what happened. And like, he's a dickbag. I knew is you don't you can't leave him alone in a room. Like he obviously did something. Okay, well, I didn't think did that he had something. done anything. And when he suggested taking Jemmy to go to a movie. I didn't think it was strange at all. They've already established him as someone who's very involved with kids. He's at the school. He works with Bree. He seems like a trusted person. And I feel like I was duped by Buck McKenzie. I wasn't trusting Buck to be around the kids. Yeah. So I was so worried about like, well, why would they keep this this crazy man in their house? Like Bob Cameron's just a nice guy with a cool leather coat and a nice smile. I mean... And then the, you immediately trust Buck. I did anyway, though. As soon as they show him watching TV, yeah, they go and they find he's not in the closet with his Sammies anymore, and he's like in the caravan with the kids watching some. Well, like, that was so funny. Show. Did you notice? Because Roger walked in, and do you remember his reaction? 
I, he just screamed Brianna's yeah. name. He just like stared. Brianna! Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. He was just like, someone right. needs to see what I'm seeing because this is crazy. Yeah. And I love that scene. I like the kid, you know, the And the they're little... calling him Cousin Buck. Right. And little Miss Hart remember there. She's like, he's not very scary like the neck of the... And uh, Buck was like, I apologized. You know, like, and you know, yeah. it's, he's, I love New Buck. I love New Buck too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on New Buck. The next day at the dam, Buck is in 1980s clothes. Looks great. I love that they've turned it into like take Buck to work day. Like where Roger's <laughs> like, I, the I can't take him to the school. Why don't you take him to your really big job at the dam? Yeah. That, like that doesn't. I know. Can't Buck just sit like <laughs> one of them seems. Like can't he go to a coffee shop? Right. Like they they had coffee in 1981. Like why does anyway whatever. I don't know. It's all for the story, of course. But so, he, it's funny. I I noticed in this scene that he is towering over Sophie Skelton. That's one thing I noticed too. It wasn't it wasn't that he was towering over Sophie Skelton. It wasn't until um, Dick Bag Bob showed up yeah. that uh, like he's a big dude. He's like a big. I didn't dude. realize it. Because, yeah, once he was, like, they did a wide shot of him, and I mean, maybe, maybe they're trying to make him look big, like, maybe he's standing on an apple box or something, but, like, he, he was way bigger than both of those. I know. Yeah. I know. So, uh, Dickbag Bob comes up and says, we're on for tonight. Um, well, and actually, sorry, before he comes up, though. Buck has a moment of sadness where he yeah. talks about like looking at the hills, everything like nothing's changed. But then he thinks about his wife Morag and how she was with child, and he's like, "They're all dead." Yeah. It's like that same realization that Brianna has when she talks about Jamie. Buck has this weird um, tone, and and the and Brianna actually flags it later, which is like very on Outlander. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's like. It's almost like he doesn't want to go back. She calls him or, out or on it. He isn't going to go back. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, his he could go back and his wife would still be there. But he, it's almost like he doesn't want to go back. Well, and she said, why didn't you just throw yourselves back at the stones right then? And he's yeah. like, well, I wasn't quite sure what had happened. Which is fair. It is fair. Um, And he wouldn't, as it turns out, he wouldn't have been able to go anyway because he didn't have a gemstone. sucked the gem yeah. out of his ring, right? Like, Yeah. So... But still, like, there's a, there's like a bizarre aura around Buck. Like, I don't know that he's, I don't know if it's just like he's not completely on the up and up here, or maybe he just likes the future. Oh, I mean, especially with what he learns later, right? We'll get to that. Okay, so what he doesn't like, though, is Bob Cameron. He says, that guy is smiling a bit too much in your direction. Well, he was like touchy. He was touchy with Bree, and Bree was cool with it. Which I thought was a little weird. I think he was just being like friendly. Like he tried to shake he tried to shake Buck's hand too, and he didn't. And he's yeah. like, I don't think he was trying to be handsy. He was he seemed a little handsy. Oh my gosh. I'm so trusting. I'm like, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it weird. Like, especially today, you know, in like the Me Too era, like inappropriate male female coworker touching, like that shit doesn't fly these days. Maybe in nineteen eighty one it was it was okay it was okay but like yeah roger is now in lollybrock he's walking all around and you said slimy grease bag (laughs) slimy greasy scumbag did something in that room what did he do (laughs) that's when you started getting suspicious yeah you knew that something had happened and then he goes down and he sits with buck and buck says 
Bob Cameron is trouble and he has a hot eye for your wife. And Roger says, no, he doesn't, but I have something to tell you too. You did. I saw (laughs) the year of your death. Do you want to know? Because it was marked. And then when he says no, but tell me, it was marked as 1778, which could mean Mm -hmm. that you either never make it back or you do and and you you die. die. So that's a real conundrum for someone. Like, what would you do in that situation? I'd stay. Sorry. Me and the kids are in the past, (laughs) but your solution is to stay. I don't have a gemstone, so I would probably (laughs) stay. Can't find one. Can't find one. Yeah, there's none left in the world, sadly. Um, No, I mean, this is a fictional story. I don't know. Like, I have to say, I feel it's either like, either I can go and die or I can stay and live. Well, also another thing Outlander has shown us already is that their record keeping is not strong. Jamie and Claire were supposed to have died in a fire, according to the books of of Ye Old World. And obviously, they didn't. Thank you, Tom Christie. Um, so, it's like, there is... I feel like there there was the third option that there could have been a clerical error on the 1981 version of Ancestry.com that, you know, actually got his death date of death wrong. Like, he mm-hmm. could have just been reported dead when he went missing. And, and then, then when never he popped it. back in... Yeah, they never went back to the clerk and was like, oh, by the way, he's actually not dead. You can't undead someone at that point, maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe. So, so like, that's also a, that's like a option C. Um, there was another part of the scene, though, I really liked, which is, I believe it was the very beginning of the scene, where he comes in and Buck is playing with the Airplane. toy plane. Mm-hmm. And I just love, this is the part of Outlander that we never see. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the, I don't know if it was the person that wrote this episode or what, but like Buck is fascinated by like airplanes. He's like, this is incredible. Have you ever been on an airplane? Like yep. it's insane. Like this is, you, you know, um, like this is something we don't see where people are reactive to this like crazy new time that mm-hmm. they're in. Now true. This is the first time we've seen someone travel. This is the first time in the entire show actually. That we've seen someone travel ahead in time. Like we've seen ahead people go back and then return. But yeah. we've never seen someone from the past go to the future. True. Um, so that's weird in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like I love Buck's fascination with the era he's in. Me too. He is fascinated. He's getting comfy. Yeah, he's... well why wouldn't you? He's like a, as it turns out, he's like a, he's like a forward thinking dude. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, who's Minus the way he thinks about women and men. I mean, that's of the time, but like, I mean, like te- technology wise, like he's, he's fascinated. You know, a lot of people from that era probably would have been like afraid and, un- you know, unwilling to be open to like, yeah, been, witchcraft. Oh, get your voodoo metal tubes away from me, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but he's like, this is awesome. Like, let's buy a ticket right fucking now. Yeah. You know, like he's yeah. into it. Yeah. Okay. Loinies, drum roll, please. The next scene oh is. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you. The next scene involves <sighs> Phil Collins. Yeah, we got. I got warnings on this. We got. We got a great email. We got. We got a dynamite email. Which I need to respond to. Which I didn't. We didn't even understand at the I time. Didn't. Being like, I'll never hear Phil Collins the same. 
yeah. the same way again. I don't understand what that meant. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And someone and then, on Facebook, on, our, on our Facebook page said something. I'm like, what yeah. is going on with Phil Collins? And then as soon as this scene started and I heard the music, I knew exactly what the hell was going to happen. So there's banter between Roger and Bree. Sexy banter. Sexy. I mean, you can't see my air quotes. Banter, where Sexy he says banter. he's feeling a bit more oh primal. Oh my god! Yeah, he's like, yeah. She's acting. Yeah. Whereby act, her eyelids hard. close halfway, and she just mutters all of her words. Um, Richard Rankin, honestly, like he brought the fire. If he was what? <laughs> brought the fire. If he oh my god. had someone other than a mannequin. To act with, this might have been an okay scene. Are you serious? No, it wouldn't have. It was the worst. It was terrible. It was like, it, it was... When they started their sexy banter, oh my God. you looked over at me and you did the drums. Before yeah, the drums... Before they even, I was like, do, 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 I knew it was coming. I couldn't wait. And it was better than I thought it would be because they started like sexing it up. And then all of a sudden when the drum beat hits, they like... Turn it up. They turned up the music for the drums. Oh my god! The delight like, on oh, Joe's face. I should have. You know what thought, I've done? I should have done. I should have oh, recorded a reaction god. shot because you turned and looked at me. You were so joyful when the drums came on. Here's the thing. Everyone, I I saw the posts. Everyone thought I was gonna hate this. I think. As it turns out, I feel like this may have been one of my <laughs> favorite Outlander scenes. <laughs> Of all time. You were very, you were joyous. Because remember when I said Outlander doesn't do comedy? Yeah. <laughs> well, this time they did. You, yeah. You said, if you're going to go cheesy, then go for it. Oh my God. They leaned into it hard and they did like weird sideways, all the lights on sex. Weird sideways, <laughs> all the lights on sex. That's such a good way to describe it. Because their bodies were so far away, there was clearly some like sort of sofa pillows to the neck in between them. <laughs> Sophie Skelton was acting. I think. Oh my god! I don't know what was orgasm, going on. But she like, just opened her mouth real wide. She was like, at one point, I feel like trying to like eat his, his face, face or something. And I was like, oh. I can't feel it. Can't feel it yeah. You know, yeah. it was just like, like and she's like. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was, I was, I think I may have actually been howling. It was incredible. It was, it was, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot. Amazing. It was. I, it's one of the only Outlander scenes I've ever maybe wanted to watch twice. Well, and we did go ahead and just Google when that song came out and it was 1981. So that was our timestamp. Yeah. Um, but my God, that was, that's the best sex scene this show has ever had. Not for the reasons they intended, but I can tell you there is someone in like an edit suite or a sound mixing uh, studio or something that was just killing themselves. Like they were dying. Yeah. They were laughing so damn hard. Yeah. I don't know how that got past anyone onto the air, but man, like kudos to whoever pushed that shit through. You made my day. And they were like, turn it up with the drums. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, boner. Like, it was, it was like, amazing. I want every sex scene. I just want to go through and do, like, a video montage of all, like, the Claire and Jamie sex scenes. Just all to that, that music yeah. with the, like... Oh my God, that's incredible. It was. It was a lot of fun to watch with you. Oh. The next scene, if you're ready to move on from 
I'm yeah. ready. Okay. The next scene, Ian captures mm. the messenger, the yeah. red coat who's acting as a rebel. And that's where he looks really, really cool. And in fact, he gets information from him so that it changes the timing of the war. This was a little bit confusing. I didn't really understand any of this, probably because I was still like reeling from like the Phil Collins sextage. But um, I didn't really like I got they got the guy and then they gave him the information and Jamie's like, we're mobilizing. Mm hmm. It didn't really seem to change anything, though, because they still, like, met together on the battlefield. I thought that meant, like, Jamie's they were gonna surprise squad them. was going to, like, ambush them mm -hmm. or something. I think maybe Jamie's squad was just more prepared. Maybe they were, yeah, maybe they were just more prepared. Yeah, I'm not really, I don't really get, it didn't really seem like it gave them any sort of tactical advantage, but obviously it did because the English lost. Took some, took some hits there. So, Jamie and Claire say goodbye to each other. Jamie's scared. And they kiss and Jamie turns to walk away and they show him walking away in slow motion. And I am here to tell you it's never good when we see Jamie walking away in slow motion. It was reminiscent of a scene right before To Ransom a Man's Soul when Jamie says goodbye to her at Lollybrock. and Is that then the turn, lavender oil? Yes. Huh. In season one. And then he turns and she walks him walk away and he never, he never returns. The same. The same. Yeah. So it reminded me of that. And she's she's scared too. You can see on Claire's face, she's stressed out. Now that I think about it, like Katrina Balfe had about five minutes of screen time in this yeah, entire very show. Claire and Jamie Light. Like even, are we going to the battle? No. Okay. So, well, yes, but we're with the Redcoats. Well, so that, we, that was my point is that even in this battle scene, you don't see Jamie at all. You don't. Like, you don't see him again until the very last shot. Yep, that's true. So we see Sandy and William standing side by side. And... Sandy's a joker. Sandy's a joker. But he gets William to confess that he has feelings for someone. And he says, tell me her name. And he says, it's Rachel. Yeah. So look Ugh. out, Ian. No, Ian's got nothing to worry about. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you're Rachel, you're going for Ian over William? No, I've seen the look in Rachel's eyes. Looking at Ian? She's Phil Collins and the shit out of Ian next time she gets a hold of him. Okay. She's not interested in in William? I think she's not not interested, but like... Not the same. pick one, it's right. going to be right. Okay. Ian. Then, in a tragic turn of events, Sandy gets shot in the head. Immediately. Immediately. Dead. Dead as a doornail. I... Called it was devastated as was William. In fact, he goes point. through a whole range of emotions ending in wild blind fury. Yeah. I like that. Um, Robert the Bruce then came up and was like, this is what you wanted. Get in there and do it. He actually did. Yeah. Yeah. He's running. He's like kind of circling the horse, like just yelling incoherently. Yeah. And then he looks at him directly trying to snap him out of it. Yeah. Like it's time go. Leave and he man. does. Yep. And he does. And then Roger wakes up in the night. He was sleeping because he was exhausted mm -hmm. after Phil Collins. Well, wouldn't you be? Yeah. Mandy wakes up. And she's screaming. Screeching. Yep. Her connection, she can feel that Jemmy is no longer with her. And right. at first they try and downplay it. Well, yeah, he's at a sleepover. And she says, no, he's gone. He's not in here. And she points to her little head. Yep. And uh, Bree calls Bobby's mom. I have to say, again... 
as parents, both Roger and Brie were pretty cool in this scene. Yeah. I would have been hysterical. Well, I mean, they probably didn't immediately believe that... Um, what's the little one's name? Jemmy? No, Mandy? Mandy. Mandy had like a psychic connection to Jemmy. So it probably took them a second to click in on that. Right. So they do click in. Uh, Roger goes and finds Buck. Buck's just like having a drink in his house coat saying As, like, why is everyone screaming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just enjoying the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys have these cool house coats yeah, in the future? Right. So, and Bree comes up and says, I talked to Bobby's mom. There was no movie. There was no sleepover. And Bob Cameron's car is gone. Roger and Buck together get in a car. I love it. I love yeah. that we've got these two related time travelers in a car driving to the stones. Right. Because Roger has realized now that Dickbag Bob ruffled through his letterbox. Oh, yeah. And he's going through all the things that he yeah. realizes he read about. Right. And I think he actually tells... He updates Buck as yeah, they drive. Yeah, he said he read my, my Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and he... Was like Oh, and they bring up Galus Duncan's name because Buck says, who knows about this time travel stuff? And Roger's like, just us and my mother-in-law and Galus Duncan. Well, I think it's because Which you said... Which like, he, he didn't say, that's your mother. Oh, yeah. She's Buck's mother. Oh, really? Dougal's his father and Galus is his mother. Mm, that makes sense. Um, you think he'd know that. I think he'd know his mom's name. Anyway... Because I think the fear there was that somehow Bob, Dickbag Bob, was going to kill Jemmy to go through the yeah, stones. Yeah, because he kind of mutters, like, why did I even write down that she had a theory that there had to be a blood sacrifice? Because Galus that... killed people in order to get... You know, Galus was crazy. I loved Galus. Well, we're going to see her again. I think she's coming back. Yeah. yeah. I don't really understand how, but... Um... So, there's a lot of momentum happening here. It's really exciting. And then we go to Sad William as... All of the people are digging graves. And he's like, dig deeper. It's not deep enough. Dig deeper. And then he starts digging. Yeah. And I said to you, I'm like, that's a weird hill to die on there. Like, No, to... I, I understood. And you understood. You said you, it's his friend and he wants to make sure like that. Well, the animals will come and dig them up and eat all their corpses and stuff. That's, that's disgusting. Yeah. This is, this is a really interesting way to show like the aftermath of a battle like this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just awful. Like. They're digging and they're putting corpses in, but then also... And then it, but then it, the, you get the contrast of the flip when William goes back to camp. And they're drinking champagne. And they're, they're celebrating. And William says to um, Robert the Bruce from yeah. Braveheart, he says, they're acting like it's a win. And he says, if he can convince us that we're victorious, then we have prevailed. And then he gives like a quote and walks away. And William knows the entire he quote. The He's quote, yeah. educated and intelligent charming. and Trump -trump. charming. Trump -trump. Yeah, he's got a little charm. But he's also going through some dark days, William is. Well, yeah, because it was basically like, you know, you, you, you're not the man you were before you left to fight. I can't remember what the quote was, but essentially yeah. that was it. Like, you, you come yeah. back. And then it just pans and it shows all the bodies on the battlefield, including dun-dun-dun. Jamie. Blonde Jamie, fade to black. So a couple things. Number one, Jamie's not dead. Like, are, not is dead. any of us worried that he is dead? I felt a little bit Literally like no one is worried that Jamie's dead. 
well, what did you think would happen when you insisted on being part of the stupid war? Like, what are you doing? Right, it's so dumb. Anyway, but we know Jamie's not dead, for sure, obviously. But some really exciting cliffhangers, because... So now we've got Buck and Roger. This is the better cliffhanger. Yeah, we know that they are both capable of time travel. Yeah. Like, so let's do some predictions. What do you think is going to happen? they get to the stones and they find no one, but they find Jimmy's scarf and they know it's Jimmy's scarf because he had a little pin on it that Roger Roger, uh, called out earlier. So... What do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, it's a time chase. This is what I think. I think I think I think, I think, I, think, I, think... Bag, I think Dick Bag Bob wanted to travel through time for some reason. I don't. This is I don't really get his motivations. I don't really understand. But I think he and Jemmy have gone through the stones, and Roger and Buck are gonna... inexplicably going to try and time chase them. I think they're going Which to too. And you know I who I think they're going to see? All four. Well, Galus Duncan and Dougal. Dougal. That's why they had to recast him. Yeah. So yeah. So, They're going to go back. Oh, my God. Are they going to go back to when Claire and Jamie first get together? Well, because you've told me something. You know what? I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to spoil anything and it could be wrong. So we're just going to forget that. Right. It could have just been an inaccurate prediction on my part. But what do you think? Okay. So this is what I want to happen. Okay. Okay. So first of all, there's an extra week. We have two weeks to wait for the final episode Pity. of this year. And then that's it for this oh, year, Oh, is there only guys. one more? There's only one more episode okay. this year. Then we have to wait until 2024 right. for the other half of season seven. Here's what I would love. Is if Roger and Buck just look at each other in the dark and they throw themselves into the stones together, just envisioning Jemmy. Mm-hmm. Follow where Jemmy is. Great idea, but they don't have gems. Oh, shoot. Yeah. You're right. They can't just jump through the stones right now. They're going to have to go get gems. They're going to have to go on a gem run. And then come back. Right. And Brianna's going to stay with Mandy, which is fine. You stay there, Sophie Skelton. You just stay there. Um, I am all in for Roger Roger and Buck. Buck. Because Roger and Buck actually have... Like some level of chemistry, they really do. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm here for Roger and Buck's time time travel fiasco. Me too. It's like the first thing in Outlander that I've ever been interested in. I think. Really? Yeah, because it's actually something that has to do with time travel. They're actually that's not just based on a woman who wants to bone a Scottish dude. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, this is actually like an interesting. Like, they're like chasing after Rogers. Son, Son, which who, by the way, is could be New Buck's great, 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 great grandson or something like that. Like there's there's family matters, not to be confused with the eighty show. You know, like it's it's like it's it's exciting. It's, there's stuff here. There's might, stuff here. Yeah, Galas Duncan could be involved. She's batshit crazy. I loved Galas. She was one of my favorite characters. I know Graham yeah. McTavish. Who knows what's gonna happen? Oh wow. Okay, so lots of exciting things yeah. to come. We have to wait two more weeks. That's fine. And then we'll have one last episode. Right, for a while. Until 2024. Okay, mm-hmm. so for this episode, who is your MVP? Buck! Me too. I, I love Buck. Me too. Yeah. There's some choices, though. I know. William, another strong William episode. Yeah. This guy, this guy's the this guy's the real deal. I like this guy a lot. I like all his scenes. Strong chemistry with everyone he's on screen with. Yeah. Emotional, good physical actor. He's played like, angry really played well. Played angry, but also charming when he was with his soon-to-be-dead buddy. Oh, like, no. nice with horses. What's not to like about William? He's, but, okay, so 
Buck. But Buck. Special mention, yeah, William. Yeah, yeah, Buck special mention, William. You? Okay, so this is pretty same. impressive. Same. Buck special mention, Sandy Hemnet, mm, or whatever his yeah. last name was. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've come a long way. I was so annoyed at the recasting of Buck mm-hmm. in the last episode, and now I'm thrilled with it. I love this guy. Yeah. I love him. Okay, best scene. Oh. Boner. Um, like, like okay for me okay great for me the best scene was when they were driving to the stones buck and roger i was so excited uh, that was good like in any other episode that would have far and away been the best scene for sure okay yeah. worst yeah. scene boner but in all the best ways possible okay that was the worst scene for me too (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i enjoyed watching it with you right okay what is your rating out of 100 i'm gonna give this one like a 65 okay (laughs) because it was it 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 brought me some joy which this show never fucking does yeah and i actually want to know what's gonna happen next huge it's like those are two things that outlander has maybe never given me i know it's really exciting what's going on yeah i would give it an 85 that's i i'm shocked that it's that low Really? I thought you were going to You're hit always it. shocked. I have I can't give this season anything so far. I mean, we'll see how it goes next episode, but I thought you go I thought you go strong. 80s are go... strong. 80s are strong. Okay. I thought okay? you go hard like Roger here. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out so badly. So did Roger. Okay, well that is Oh my god. Jo- what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> okay. All right, well, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in, like, what, two? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right, bye. Bye.